just as we were singing that song, I went to John 12 and just hear these words. This is it's six days before the Passover. And Jesus comes to Bethany, and this is where Lazarus lives. And uh, Lazarus, he's already been raised from the dead. He likes Jesus. They come to his house, and uh, they have a dinner in honor of Jesus. And once again, Martha's serving. Lazarus is, is among the those at the table sitting with Jesus and and there's just this this precious moment that we know we hear the story but I just felt the Lord kind of just invite us into this story to be Mary to come into the same place that Mary did the same understanding that, that Mary had in that moment that, that none of the others really understood. No one else understood what was happening. And, and this, she takes this, this pint of, of this precious oil and it's, a, it's an expensive, ex, very expensive perfume and it's worth, it's worth about a year's wages. So it's, I mean, it's worth a lot of money to and she pours it out and and this is that like the wisdom of God is the foolishness of man that and I feel like take this as your life if you take the last year of her life this was what she did for to for a year's time and she took it and in a moment's time, she just poured it out. Just poured it right onto Jesus. It, and I just, I, I was seeing this as it, the people around her going, oh, what are you doing? I mean, there's obviously the Judas, he's the one. He goes, you could have you sold this for money. You could have given this to the poor. You could have done some great things with this. And and Judas is kind of the, the mindset of the world, the mindset of, of greed and, and the wisdom of this world. And, and it's what the world would say. Like, this is, that was the stupidest thing you could have done. You just wasted that entire year of your life in a moment's time and just poured it out. It, and yet she, she does this, and, and the Lord... Jesus honors her in front of everyone. It says, uh, leave her alone, Jesus says. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And I feel like in our lives, it's, we have Jesus but our, our lives are so short, and we have the opportunity to pour our lives out for Him, to pour everything we have, to give all of all the, the workings, the things that we have built up, and like a year's wages here. Just a, a few verses later down in here, Jesus talks to uh, 
he's talking to some of the people there, and he says, uh, the one who loves his life will lose it. But the one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. For whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, and my servant also, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. And to connect those two, I just see this, the one who, who pours out his life or her life for me, that we would pour out our lives. And this is that, this is that dwelling place. I believe there's things the Lord's going to call us into in these coming seasons that will not make sense in the world's eyes. They're going to, people around you are going to go, well, that's the dumbest thing you could do. But his wisdom is so much different than our wisdom. And, and our job is never to reason things out. Our job is never to to try to figure out what to do in life. Our job is to, as sheep, just listen to his voice and obey. And that becomes the very dwelling place of God. That becomes that very place where he says that he'll wrap his arms around you. He'll be, he'll be your fortress. He'll be your strong tower. When we when we give of our lives to him, he gives it all to us. It's in James 4, it says, as you draw near to me, I draw near to you. But I see it as, it's almost like as I give my heart over to the Lord, he gives me his. He gives me everything that he has. So there's this exchange. I, I give up my life and I get his. But I, I, can't, I can't take hold of the life that he has for me, that he's, that he's created for me until I give up my own life, until I give up the mindset of the world and the things of this world. So I just, I just want to pray into this. And I, my prayer is that we would, we would be those crazy people that pour out our oil, that pour out the very things that everybody else says, that's ridiculous. And we go, no. It's all for Jesus. They have no idea. And we're going to get to, we get to do this in the short span that we have on this earth. It says to number your days. We, we, our days are numbered. We don't know when our last day is. We could walk out of here and our last day is today. You might not be on this earth tomorrow. What are we going to do with the time that we have? How are we going to live our lives? I think there's this, this thought like we don't, we don't think about the end of our days on this earth. I think if we could see the whole picture, it may help us to go, oh, okay. Well, maybe it wouldn't help us because we kind of live for ourselves. And then like right at the end, we'd be like, I got like 10 days left. God, I'm giving you my life. <laughs> I'm giving you everything I have. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> there's not much left. But I think he just calls us now to, with, with unknowing, like not knowing when our days are up, not knowing even our, our next step sometimes. That walk by faith is almost like a blind faith. 
It's just hearing his voice, seeing what he's doing in the moment and walking in it. And I'm like, ah, this makes no sense. But Jesus, you're saying walk this way. Pour, pour out the oil right here. Pour it out. Give it all up. Because there's something greater that he has. So, Father, I just, I ask. Lord, as you're drawing us into this, as you're giving us this invitation to be these Marys, that, that I don't know if she just had a sense or what it was, but boy, there was something she knew. Or maybe she just, she had no idea, but she just, it was just that I'm going to just pour it out. Martha didn't understand it. She's off working. Everybody else is doing their thing, and Mary's the one that is, that is literally anointing Jesus for what he's about to do. Lord, I pray that you would give us a boldness to walk our lives in complete surrender to you, sold out, pouring out our oil, not the way that the world understands, but in radical obedience to you. And as we do that, Lord, I thank you that you pour out your love upon us. You pour out your grace and your peace upon us. You pour out your spirit upon us to walk fully in everything that you've called us to walk into. I thank you for an awakening in this time of your people, of your sheep, of your body. That we would, that we would know you more so than knowing what you desire and what, what your plans are for us. That we would just know you. We would hold on to you and trust in you. Pour out our oil for you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We've just been in a few days of prayer and fasting, and it has been, I just have to say, it's been such a sweet, sweet time uh, in His presence. The, for me, it's always, first day is kind of hard. Second day is like, ugh, I hate fasting. <laughs> Then the third day comes, and it's kind of like, it's almost like there's like a breakthrough, and you get your energy back, and, and I feel like there's a greater clarity, and the Lord just begins to reveal even just so much, and uh, I'd encourage you, if you haven't done it, it's, there's just something special that it's like as we, it's almost, it is like that kind of pouring out, like it doesn't make sense, why would I not eat? Like, I can eat and love the Lord, and but there's something about pouring out our, our oil. It's like you want to eat. Everything in your flesh wants to eat. And as you kind of deny that and deny the, that side of things, it like your spirit just comes alive. And uh, the other key to that is press in to the Lord, spend time in the Word, worship Him in the night and in the morning. Let Him sing over you in the night. He does that if you don't know. I think it's Psalm 42 talks about how he sings over you in the night. Hey, Carlo, don't go anywhere. <laughs> you have to come up. Uh, 
So it's been a it's been a sweet time. We had a, a 400 gathering on on Monday, uh, which was with the pastors' uh, regional a regional meeting, and and oh my goodness, it was uh, such a sweet time. Had them. We're all there was a point where one of the pastors was just kind of speaking up here, and everyone was gathered around just sitting up here. We did communion together, and uh, we're just praying over each other, prophesying over each other. There was a, there's a, and I'll say this, there's a spirit of prophecy that is, that the Lord is actually releasing in this season. It, it, it was so strong on Monday. And I don't, it wasn't just for a, for a Monday. Um, there's a spirit of prophecy over the church, and I believe it's even throughout the nation right now, but I know over Colorado uh, that he's, He's pouring out this spirit of prophecy, and and I never made I didn't make the connection on Monday, but on uh, Tuesday as we were praying together with the staff and spent three hours just in prayer and worship together, uh, I began to see just this the beauty of of prophecy, and it's actually like it's of all the gifts that that the Holy Spirit has for us, it's the one that that Paul says. Like, what does he say? He says, uh, go after all the gifts, but especially prophecy. And I always wondered, like, what, why? Why is that one so great? And uh, it, for me, it was just a light bulb went off on Tuesday that prophecy is where the Lord brings in revival. When prophecy comes, revival comes. And, and we see it over and over again. Uh, I'll just give you a few quick examples. You got Jonah. Uh, Jonah comes in and prophesies to the city of Nineveh. An entire city gets saved. Jesus in John 4 goes to the woman at the well and he prophesies over her. And she goes to her, she goes back to the town and she goes, I need to come see a man who's told me everything, who's prophesied all about my life. And they all come, and an entire city comes to know Jesus. And uh, I could tell you about there's so many places where you begin to see like this prophecy. Actually, what it does is that there's a there's an encouragement to the body of Christ. But it's also another example is just is uh, Ezekiel 37. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord says, "Prophesy to the dry bones." He says this to. Uh, to Ezekiel, and and Ezekiel does as the Lord says. He prophesies to the dry bones, and they come to life. And an army is born, an army of the Lord, and the Holy Spirit comes on to be to to come within him. He prophesies to the breath of life. And there's there we're in a time of of prophecy, of prophesying, of speaking the words of the Lord, and uh, and it's beautiful. And I know sometimes that word prophesy like is a is a big word and sometimes it's I mean a lot of places it's actually spoken of like no there's no prophecy for this time I don't think Paul would have said to eagerly desire prophecy more than anything else than any other gift if it wasn't to be around today <laughs> be like well that's a bummer the one the greatest one of all is like ah, I can't do that one <laughs> you got to take the second best so and prophecy is as simple as hearing God's heart for someone and just speaking it over them. 
And I believe that there's so many, and it's great in the church. I believe it is to edify the church. I know it is to edify the church. It says it's to edify the church. But it is also for those that are not believers. And you see Jesus do it. You see others do it in the, in the, in the Bible. And, and it, it's so powerful because it goes beyond the mind and it speaks right to the spirit. And it awakens the spirit in people. And I believe we're in a time where we're going to call people home. We're going to say, come home. Come to Jesus. Let me tell you about your life. Let me tell you who you really are. And so I just, I just feel like I'm supposed to just speak this tonight, just share this a bit. I, I think we're going to spend some time praying. And, and I did this. We did this on 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 that Monday, and I, and I felt like we were to just to, to begin to pray over each other, to bless each other, and, and in that, it's, that's where this prophecy comes in, and, and I know it's, people go, oh, I don't know, I don't know how to prophesy, I, I can't, I don't hear the Lord, I'm like, here's the thing, if you have his love in your heart, as you begin to pray over someone, this happens, I don't, I, don't, I can walk up to people, and I have no idea what I'm going to say. And I could come to Tracy, and I just begin to pray over him. I just say, Lord, I thank you for Tracy. I thank you for what a... <laughs> I have prophesied. But, but there's more. And, and as soon as I, I... What I do is I begin to get the heart for Tracy that the Lord has. And the, and the Lord begins to just, shh, like, I'll just hear things. And it might not, it might not even make sense to me. And I don't try to ever concoct anything or try to make something up. All I'm doing is I'm just, I'm just tapping into the Father's heart as I pray for someone. And then I get to release that very thing to Tracy. And it might mean nothing to me. A lot of times I'll walk away and I'll, I'll forget five minutes later what I said. And I'll have people come up. A year later, and say, remember when you prophesied that thing about this, 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 and this? I'm like, I don't remember at all. But it wasn't for me. It was for them. It was to edify a person. Or if I'm on the streets and, and I'm praying with someone and who, who's just, maybe I just feel like they, there's a, they're carrying a weight or something. And um, happened just a week and a half ago. So I just walked by, and I literally was like, whoa. I just kneeled down next to this person I saw sit, stand, sitting there and, just begin to pray over them. I said, can I just pray for these weights to be lifted off of you? And 20 minutes later, they gave their life to Jesus. That's the opportunity we have in this season, I believe, to, to pray and prophesy and, and see people come into the kingdom. And this is the, the word of life that we hold out to people. It's so beautiful. I, I was saying on Monday, I feel like the Lord is... is uh, I was talking to the pastors about this, that there is a, there's a, like a fire coming down from heaven. Not a physical fire, but that he's, he's lighting these, we call them beacons. He's lighting these places across Colorado. And, uh, and there's, I, I actually, in that, I said there's, he's, he's lighting the, the altars and the or the pulpits, he's lighting the pulpits in the churches, and I believe we're going to begin to see the church actually awaken to the very heart and the will and the plans and the purposes of God. 
Because we've been in we've been in a season that's been kind of it almost feels dry, uh, in like the bigger church. Just uh, we're not seeing the miraculous signs and wonders, and God do all the things like the Acts two, three, four type of things that that were that the Holy Spirit does when we walk in His plans and His purposes. And uh, and but He is He's in a time where He's. He's reigniting these fires. He's lighting things up. And uh, Carlo just, something was just stirring in his heart. And uh, I just want you to share, will you share what you uh, felt like the Lord is doing or what you saw as a vision or I don't know exactly what it was, but yeah, just share it. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So <clears throat> we were just in the back room and we were praying um, and I don't know. I just, I just remind, it, it just remind me, God, like last Sunday, and I had the privilege to be playing also last Sunday, and it was just like the spirit of God speaking to me, and I felt His presence, but it's not just like feeling His presence, but I felt something different, and I share this, and I, I just like feel like His glory is increasing. And, like, how can you tell me this? <laughs> it's a good question. Like, like, my words are short to express what God is pouring down. And then after that, I ask him, like, where is this, God? Like, where on the, on the scripture is this? Like, where, 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 can, where can I find it? And he took me to Revelation 8. And um, you can just, like, open up over there or just read it and... And it says, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel who had golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was giving much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people went up before God from the angel's hand. So in the verse number four, he was like, the spirit of God was just telling me that's, that's what's going on right now. Like what you're reading right now, this is it. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people. So, because I, I just remember like how, you know, and the church has been spoken about revival and something is coming, something is coming. And I know that, you have heard maybe this like years ago, but I can truly tell you that it's coming. And God just like uh, highlighted to me this with the prayers of God's people. So I just could see like that cup, you know, when, whenever the prayers and the prayers are filling up that cup until it will just like, you know, be overwhelmed. Went up before God from the angel's hand. And then on the number five says, then the angel took the censer fill it with fire from the altar and hurl it on the earth and there came peals of thunder rumblings flashes of lightning and an earthquake so definitely and then i just heard this and pastor mike was like hey like that's that's what like on the gathering from pastors was spoken about i was like well this is just what the lord said that's going on so here it is <laughs> Thank you. Actually, Carla, would you just pray into that? And Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, in this night. 
We thank you, Father, because we're here for you. You're calling us. You're calling us day and night. We're, when when no, no one is looking at us, when nobody's looking at us, what we're doing, that's where you're calling us to be praying, Father. That's where you're calling to be on our knees, humble ourselves, purify ourselves, and be filled up of your fire. I thank you, Father, for this word that you're speaking to the church. I thank you, Holy Spirit, because you're moving. You're moving. And I speak, Father, on everyone's heart that is present right now or online. And every member that is part of this church and all across Colorado. May your fire be poured down. May our prayers go up on heaven, Father. And fill up your temple. Mm. In Jesus' name. Amen. So to that, I'm just going to read two things here. Uh, a lot has happened over the past couple days across the state of Colorado. Some amazing things. Uh, some things up in Boulder, uh, or up in uh, Estes Park with uh, Sean Foyt. Uh, there was just, uh, I feel like a fire kind of lit up there. I know some of you were, were there. And um, other other places in Boulder, there's been some things that have been going on with Philip Rayner and uh, just some some powerful things where the Lord is just lighting fires in this very time. And it was interesting. Um, I, I, I was sharing this with a, a guy who's really an, uh, an intercessor. I would call him like full-on intercessor. This is the guy that just could get hours and hours before the Lord and just with other people and just intercede, pray, and fast. It's, the, it's these incense for the bowls going up that... Um, just releasing these prayers to the heavens and to Jesus, to the Father. Um, and, and this was something that uh, I was just texting with him and kind of speaking into. And I said, I believe the, the beacons of fire are being lit across the Colorado churches starting tomorrow and moving into Monday. Uh, it is time for war. Simple thing. Uh, he responded... And uh, this is what really hit me is he goes, I don't know if you, if I'd ever told you this before. I'm just kind of paraphrasing his text because it's a long one. Uh, but he said that, that he had had a vision some, year, some years back that uh, he said this, that at the time that the signal fire started, that the war would begin <laughs> and and that the great harvest would start in Colorado. And I heard that after just speaking that or texting that to him. And I read that and I was like, oh my gosh, it just like brought me to my knees. And I was like, okay, Lord, what are you doing in this time? And what's our part in this? What are we to do? Like, like okay, if this is really happening, like this is happening now, we're beginning, we're going to see the greatest revival we've ever seen. What's our part in this? And uh, because we do play a part in it. We play a, a significant part in it. And, and I want to play a role in this. I don't want to sit back and watch this come through, watch a revival come through, and, and kind of read about it later. 
right? How, you know, you look at the past revivals, and they're amazing. There were these amazing revivals that we read about, and uh, yet there were many that sat back and were not a part of what God was doing because they didn't, they didn't see it. They weren't aware of it, and it's like they missed it. They missed what God was doing. I don't want that to be us. And I feel like he is. He's lighting fires in this season. Uh, even the spirit of prophecy, connecting this and going, oh, my gosh, this is when we see revival in the cities. When he begins to speak, oh, the other place I'll just read is, is this is an obvious one, Acts 2. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. Tongues of fire rest upon these 120 people that are in the upper room. And, uh, and Peter begins to to speak into this, and, and he says, in the last days, and he says, these are, we're in the last days. These were, these are the last days, and it's that, and if you were here for Andrew's sermon a few weeks back, but he's like, yeah, there's the time is now, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's like a year from now, and then there's the time is now, like a week from now, and then there's the time of now is like, yeah, it's tomorrow, and then it's, the time is now, and it's like, yeah, it's within the, you know, it's today, and then it's the time is now. It's like, yeah, it's right now. And it's all the time is now, but there's a different understanding of the time is now. And so, um, in the last days, which, again, we're in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And then he says this. So, in the last days, in the times of revival, it says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And it says, and your young men will see visions. And the old men, sorry, old men, you're going to dream dreams. <laughs> I'm calling myself young just to... It's because we sleep more. <laughs> we sleep more. I'm not old. I'm still seeing visions. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> uh, but in this, so the sons and the daughters, they will prophesy. And then what happens? Peter gets up as a son, and he prophesies. He prophesies, and 3,000 come into the kingdom that day, and many more after that. There's a spirit of prophecy in the last days. When the Lord pours out His Spirit, the young men, or the, the, uh, the sons and the daughters will prophesy. And if if you're a child of God, you're a son or a daughter. You will prophesy. It's not meant for just the pastors or the leaders of a church. It's every person that, that, that knows Jesus is called to prophesy. And that we're going to see many come into the kingdom. Thousands come into the kingdom. Thousands upon thousands, I believe, we'll see come into the kingdom. And, and all I want to do is be, here am I, send me. Isaiah 6, the Lord takes the, the seraphs, and they, the seraphs actually go to the altar, and they grab a, a, a coal from the, from the altar, from the throne room, and they touch Isaiah's lips. And Isaiah's going, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I'm among a people that are unclean. And he touches his lips, and, he, and then the Lord says, so he says, you're your sins are atoned for. And I feel like this is something, like when he touches the lips, it's to prophesy. 
It's interesting that it's the lips. It wasn't the heart. It wasn't anything else. It was actually the lips. And then he says this. He goes, who will go for me? And, and Isaiah says, after his lips have been touched, here am I. Send me. And what does Isaiah do? He goes and he prophesies. So this is the time that we're in to prophesy. speak into I was so feeling this um, and some some words came forth about the Lord striking like the Lord sending lightning Daniel had a word about and he saw I think he saw or he prophesied that a lightning strike from heaven was going to strike Boulder and was going to strike Estes Park Estes Park was going to strike the rock it's been prophesied a few times, and, and so I was feeling this suddenly of God. I feel like that's the lightning strike, what, like when it just happens, and the glory of the Lord just breaks out, so and it's suddenly. bright, and it's suddenly. And so, and I've shared this a few times recently, but I had a dream, and in this dream, the glory of the Lord like suddenly filled this church. They prayed for one person in this dream and they were kind of like, they were doing it and they loved the Lord and they were, but they were kind of doing it out of diligence, call the elders, anoint with oil. And it happened in a service where they were praying for someone in this dream. And as they prayed for that one man, the entire room got healed. And it was an auditorium, I remember in the dream, about three or 4,000 people, it was a big auditorium. They pray for one man, and the glory broke out in the dream, and everyone got healed. And then it went viral, because um, the web, they were web streaming in the dream, and then the reporters got the web stream, and it like went, it felt like it went global. And when I woke up, I felt this verse, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. And the purpose of this is so that People can call on the name of the Lord and be saved. God wants to make much of himself. And so, so I was already feeling that for about a week. And then, um, and then this last weekend, we all just started to recognize that the spirit of prophecy, the pouring out of his spirit and then a manifestation of prophecy is increasing in our midst. And it's to put Jesus on display in majesty. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When we testify of him, we're supposed to do it with a prophetic unction that puts him on display. And when we testify him, we, we, can, we can believe that God is going to pour out a spirit of prophecy to confirm who Jesus is in the earth. And so the spirit of prophecy is not about us. It's fun. To operate and it's what we were made for but it's about making much of Jesus it's about bringing glory to Jesus and so I, I had that dream and then last weekend so I've just been praying God do it and do it suddenly surprise the ones that they're not even reaching for it and then all of a sudden boom glory is in their house glory is in their church glory is in their midst and and it is 
Carlo, it's, it's what you said. The prayers of the saints have gone up for a move of the Spirit. And the Lord takes those prayers on the altar, that incense, he grabs it and he throws it back down. What we pray, what goes up, it's a law of the kingdom. It must come down in answer prayer. So I want to stir us. At, well, I'm already stirred. We're, we're stirred. We're fine. But prayer is important in this season. But living with an expectation of God answering our prayer is important as well. These simple verses in the New Testament have just been touching my heart. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Brian Finnemore preached on it last week, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. John 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it so that the Father could get glory. And then he says it again. He says it in verse 13 or and then he says it in verse 14 again. Verse 12 and verse 13. And I'm just like, Lord, stir my faith again for the suddenlies of God. Stir my faith again for expectation of glory like we've never known before. Amen? Amen. That's all I have. Just pray that. Right? Yes, Lord. So God, we ask you for the lightning strikes from your throne. We ask you for sudden glory. We ask you for sudden outbreak of power. We ask you that it would be accompanied by the thunder of heaven, the prophetic thunder from your throne, Lord. It says in Revelation 10, when the angel opened his mouth, there were seven thunders. They couldn't write it down, but seven thunders, and it was understood as a prophetic message. Lord, we ask you for the thunder that accompanies the lightning strike in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you for that church. I ask you for those people who are laying on hands and kind of believing in the supernatural out of due diligence, but they haven't seen much of answered prayer in it. Lord, suddenly fill the room. Suddenly fill the Sunday school. Suddenly fill the children's wing. Let it be noticeable. Let it be tangible. And let it bring elders and boards and church leaderships to their knees crying, we desire a move of the Spirit. We desire glory. We desire the light of God shining in our church. We desire an outpouring of Spirit so that our sons and our daughters could prophesy. And I pray it would usher in a wave of repentance to your church for not longing for this, for not reaching for this. God, I repent on behalf of the church for taking your word and watering it down. I repent on behalf of your church for not thinking you're still the God of Genesis 1, that you can speak a word and manifest power like we have never known. You're still the God that will create the new heavens and the new earth with the word. God, we believe then and we believe then, so we believe now, God, that you can do this. You are able and you are willing. So, Lord, we say in the last days, we agree. Pour out your spirit on all flesh. Let our sons, let our daughters prophesy. Let young men see visions. Let old men 
dream dreams. Back it up with signs in the heavens and wonders on the earth so that all could call on the name of the Lord and be saved. All could call on the name of the Lord and come in to an experience of Jesus, the glory of Jesus. Put him on display, God. So we ask you in our nation, the third great awakening, send it. The third great awakening, let it rise up. The third great awakening, let it begin, God. 2021, 2022, let it be known, Lord. That's when the third great awakening began. That's when this began to happen, where the Lord turned the attention of America back to Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me say this. I feel like the, the church has been waiting for the Lord to move. And it's really the Lord that's waiting for the church to move. I said this the other day. I just... The, the harvest has been ripe for 2,000 years. Jesus said the harvest is ripe a long time ago. Back in, in John 4, he says, look about you. Look up, look about you. The harvest is ripe. He says, here's the problem. He says, there's, there's, a, there's a harvest out there. The problem is not the harvest. The problem is the labors. When the labors awaken, when the church awakens, we will see a revival. We will see a harvest. We just have to go get it. We just have to go after the harvest. There is an outpouring, I believe, of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will pour himself out at times, but it's based on his church basically saying yes. In Isaiah 60, it says, arise, shine. Your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. When the, when the church begins to arise and shine, we will see the glory of the Lord come upon us. We will see an outpouring of the Spirit in the church. Yes, so it is not, it's not, Lord, do it. <laughs> it's church, wake up. Wake up to the very thing that the Lord wants to do so that he will pour his glory out as we arise and as we shine, as we step into our rightful place in this time that we're in, in the last days. I, I want to say this to you real quick, and um, we're talking about the suddenlies, and Isaiah 42 just confirms this. There's a few places. Isaiah 42, 9 says, See, the former things have taken place, and the new things I declare. He's declaring things. The things are being spoken right now. And he says, before they suddenly happen, before they spring into being, before the suddenlies occur, I announce them to you. I believe they're being announced right now. That as we say yes to them, then it begins to happen in the suddenlies, in the moment. And so all we do is we begin to move just like they did the upper room, they're, they're seeking the Lord. They're pressing into what God wants to do. And then, boom, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And they begin to prophesy. I believe the spirit of prophecy is already in the place. We're already in that time. It says it again, just in Isaiah 48. It says, I foretold the former things long ago. My mouth already announced them. I've made them known. Then, suddenly, I acted. And they came to pass. 
And then in Acts 2, same type of thing there. He says, it says, on the day of Pentecost, when they were all together in one place, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. I believe as we engage in this and say yes to the very things that he's calling us into, as we awaken to the fact that we are the laborers, as we're crying out for this, as we say, here am I, send me, he's going to pour out his spirit and we're going to see the greatest revival ever. I, I just feel like, like it's almost like the angels are waiting wow. for the moment wow. and, the, and they're going, come on, church, come on. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Like, we're ready to go. We're at, we're at, when the, when the, when the Lord says, now, the angels are going to move. The Holy Spirit's going to be poured out. We're going to see a revival like we've never seen before. And it's not going to be a kumbaya moment. I can tell you, when the Holy Spirit moves, it is the clashing of kingdoms. The kingdom of this world will hate what the Lord is going to do. And so there's going to be, it, it's not... I just think sometimes people think revival is this like, oh, I get in the boat and float down the river and see God just move around me. No, we're, we're actually in a, it's going to be a war. It's going to be like, it's when, the, it's when the shofar blows. It's when the trumpet blows and we go to war. And we're, we're, this is the preparation. We're in this place. We're going to war. We're awakening to the things of the Lord. Let me close just with this scripture. Um, I, want, I feel like we just need to pray. Do you have something you need? There? Go. I just want to wrap this up. Not wrap this up, but I just want to get to prayer as well. But, and I know we're short on time. I, so, I felt this in the prayer room, and I feel it now. I feel like God's saying, I'm calling the Elijahs out of the cave. Wow. Mike started with the dwelling place. We went into the fires and the altar. We went on to prophecy. And then we even talked about in Revelation, Carlos talked about the fire and the wind and the thunder and all these things. I feel like it's a story of Elijah. He built himself an altar on Mount Carmel and he said what? He said, my God will be the God that answers by fire. Whether it be lightning or fire, it came down <laughs> on the altar that he built <laughs> on Mark Carmel. After that, Jezebel was after him. He ran and he ran and he ran and he ran. He's got the spirit of confusion all around him. And he just says, I wish that I would die. Just take me now, Lord. And I feel this. I feel like we're in this place where we can make a decision that we can just give up and lay down. But Elijah had a personal chef, <laughs> the angel, <laughs> made, some, made some food for him and, and revived him. But check this out. Remember this presence, this place, this dwelling place? Where did God call him? He said he called him up on the mountainside inside the cave, up and away, out of the way. And some accounts say that he was a 1,000 feet up on the mountainside. And then what came? Revelation, the thunder, the lightning, the fires, all of these things, right? It says that the wind was so great that it actually ripped the rocks off the side of the mountain. And then the fires came, and then the thunder came. And this is where, where, where I feel this word is just so poignant right now, in this moment, in this hour, is that I'm calling the Elijahs out of the cave. It was the still, small voice. He was in the cave the entire time, it says. And it said what drew him out was the still, small voice of God. And that's when he just crumbled. 
So, Lord, I just thank you that you're calling your Elijahs out of the cave. Yeah. In fact, I just feel like there's a generational inheritance on the spirit of prophecy in the house and in this region and over the state right now. Not just Elijah, but Elisha and the company of prophets. God, I thank you that you're calling forth the word of prophecy, God, over this house, over this region again, over this state. It's like calling into existence. Even as, as Marcus said that, the spirit, the, the, the testimony of Jesus is prophecy. So if we don't even know what we ought to say, just start repeating scripture in the spirit of prophecy and you'll be prophesied. So God, I just release that over this house. Even as we came here and moved here in 2018 and became a part and immersed ourselves in the Rock family, I remember the Lord spoke and I remember uh, I sent this to, 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 to Mike. I said, there's going to be a spirit of prophecy that's going to break out in this house. Amen. And I remember David Wagner confirming that word that, that went on. I'll keep that short. But he said, um, house, friends, pro, prophetic friends or uh, house prophets will come to the house and bless this house. That was the no November, I think, of uh, 19, I believe, when he was here. So, Lord, I just thank you for that. God, I just bless your children, Lord. And I thank you that you're calling each and every one of us to prophesy. Whether we're Elijah, Elisha, asking for a double portion, or the prophetic sons, Lord, the prophetic companies, which it may even be the millennials and the Gen Zers, that next generation, I thank you, God, that you're calling us to use our voice, that we have a voice and that we'll use it. No longer will we be, will we be muzzled by the enemy, Lord, but our voice will be heard in the church, crying out to a lost and dying world, Lord. Well, there's a lot of shaking going on, Lord, and I thank you that our preparation is just to come into your presence. Where that incense that Carlo talked about in Revelation 8, where the presence and the incense arise in the Holy of Holies right before the fire comes down upon the altar. We thank you, Lord. So let's, would you guys stand? And I know we're got a minute or two. I, I think if you, have, if you do have kids, you got to pick them up in just a couple minutes here. Um, but I would love just to, if you have a moment, just maybe get with somebody next to you. Here's the thing. that This is what prophecy does. It, it encourages the church. It strengthens the church. It strengthens the body in this place. And it's a safe place in here. If you mess up, if you say something that's off, like, it's okay. Uh, but I believe the Lord's it's, you're, gonna, you're not going to mess up. Just as you, as you hear the Lord speak, as you, as you begin to share or pray, the Lord's going to show you exactly uh, what to speak over someone, what to pray over someone. It could be something very, very simple. It's not, it doesn't have to be profound or anything. But I want to just speak this over us. Uh, by the way, is what, something that Tracy said in, in Revelation 19, it says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So the spirit of prophecy is in this place, and the, we testify to Jesus, to his goodness. Let this be just a, I'm going to kind of pray, read this, and it's, it's Romans 13, 11 in the Passion Translation, starting there. I believe this is for right now. To live like this is all the more urgent, for the time is running out. And you know that it is a strategic hour in human history. It is time for us to wake up. For our full salvation is near now 
than when we first believe, believed. Night's darkness is dissolving away as a new day of destiny dawns for us. So we must once and for all strip away what is done in the shadows of darkness, removing it like filthy clothes, and once and for all clothe ourselves with the radiance of light as our weapon. I love that. And then it says this at the very end, verse 14. It says, instead, fully immerse yourselves in the Lord Jesus. This is that dwelling place in the anointed one. Don't waste even a moment's thought on your former identity to awaken its selfish desires. Set yourself in the Lord. Remain in the dwelling place. Dwell in that place. So, Father, I I just agree with everything that's been spoken. I just thank you, Father, that you are awakening your bride. Lord, you're awakening us to become warriors for your kingdom. The war has begun. And, Lord, I thank you that we would take hold. We'd take hold of the sword of the Spirit. We'd take the shield. We'd we'd put on the armor that you call us to put on in, in Ephesians 6. And then we would pray without ceasing. Lord, that we would go into this and we would go in with a boldness, as it says at the end of, as Paul asks for that prayer at the end, that we would fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel. That we would be those that fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel. For he says, for which I am in chains. Even in chains. Even as he was imprisoned in that place, he's like, pray for me that I can fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel. That I can prophesy the testimony of Jesus as the spirit of prophecy. So Lord, I just release this. I pray this over every person here, everyone watching online. I thank you for this opportunity we have in this season to awaken, to become the laborers, to step into the very things that we're called to step into and to see your spirit poured out in this season, that we would prophesy and we'd see your kingdom come. We'd see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.